Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 279 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the Saturnian Creatrix. Saturnian Creatrix, that sounds so cool. (laughs) I am the Saturnian Creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on blog talk radio welcome welcome my friends to saturn's day evening post number three can you believe it it's number three already and i have my my cute little space heater blowing heat on me right now so hopefully that's not getting into the microphone and making for some fuzzy sound because even though it was a very warm day here in sunny california which i think is so rude right around christmas and new year time like why god why (laughs) i just got off the phone with my friend who lives in illinois and it's like 15 degrees there. <laughs> like, but that's Christmassy. That's you're freezing your butt off, but isn't that what you're supposed to do this time of year? Anyway, despite all of that, it's actually chilly in the room that I'm in cuz the sun has gone down, so I need this little space heater on me because because I'm a southern California girl, if it dips below like 65, I think it's cold. <laughs> I just picked my son up. He's been in Bakersfield for since the day after Christmas, but it's very important to me that we spend our Happy New Year together. I like to do that with my kid. So I, Bakersfield is like two hours from here, an hour and a half if you drive really, really fast and there's no traffic. So if he stays at his grandparents' house, we'll always meet halfway in a place called Castaic to do the drop-off and the pickup. So I was driving home from Castaic just now, and we had the moon rising on the left side of us and the sun setting on the right side of us. And I love when that happens when you're like uh, book ended by the sun and the moon, like we were driving right, right in the middle of them. We had one on each side. I thought it was so cool and worth mentioning. And when we were in Castaic, I saw my favorite bird. There's a lot of them. One of my favorite birds is the raven, as I talked about last week, and they have a lot of them in Castaic, but today there were seagulls and ravens, a lot of them, like, flying together, and I thought that was the weirdest thing, and sort of like the moon and the sun, like, I would say the ravens are the moon and the seagulls are the sun, so it was very strange to watch those birds mingling they might have been arguing over something I don't know (laughs) uh and then someone Alicia I hope I'm saying your name right maybe it's Alicia sent me a tweet today on Twitter because remember I was talking about a murder of crows that's what you call a group of crows well apparently she just informed me that a group of ravens is called an unkindness of ravens And again, with the rude, like, isn't that rude, right? Like, why does it have to be a murder of crows or an unkindness of ravens? (laughs) It's like, 
I don't know. Like, is this, why are these, why are these animals so feared? I think that about bats sometimes too. Although, you know what? You all can educate me. What is a group of bats called? I don't know. I don't know. A flock of bats. <laughs> what is a group of bats called? Let's just keep this going. You all can, you can educate me week after <laughs> week. But it's interesting how certain animals um, get vilified that way to where they're a murderer of ravens or an unkindness of, or a murder of crows and an unkindness of ravens, especially because ravens are so cool. And like I was saying, if you get on, on their good side, if they like you, they'll bring you little treats. And there's nothing unkind about that. And they're very loyal. They're very cool birds. And uh, so you can see now that this is just going to be very rambly, right? <laughs> if you've never heard a Saturn's Day evening post, this is just me letting my hair down and chit-chatting with you about my week, whatever thoughts are in my head. It's just, it's just a hangout. This is not a teachable moment. So just to let you know, if you're here to learn something, you probably won't. <laughs> you probably won't. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I learned in 2017. There's a th few things that are sticking in my mind as things I'm definitely bringing with me as I head into the new year. I won't bore you with like the highlights of my life in 2017 because one, I pretty much document that in my vlogs and two, like who wants to hear that except for me, right? <laughs> um, but I will tell you the three things that are on my mind today thinking like, yeah, I'm bringing that with me into the new year. One, actually two are things that I got from Dr. John Doyard. I, I had a major flirtation with Ayurveda. I've had many flirtations with Ayurveda over the years. I'm never going to live an Ayurvedic lifestyle, but I enjoy trying things on like that for a period of time. And I did a really cool detox that uh, Dr. John Doyard teaches. And during that, I picked up some habits that ended up actually sticking with me all year long. And they're, I, I think these, I could be a lifer with these things. I, I found them to be very helpful. One is... I sip hot water all day long, <laughs> and it sounds, I'm sure, quite bland and not that exciting, but I love to have a hot drink. Even in the summertime in the morning, like every morning, I have to have a hot drink, and it has to be like 200 degrees outside for me to want to have like any ice in, in my drink. I like either room temperature or warm. And so in Ayurveda, apparently it's a thing that you sip hot water throughout the day and it supposedly hydrates your in your internal organs. It hydrates you in a, at a really deep level, which interested me. But then I just found that I enjoyed doing it because I'm a major, I always have like my morning brew, which is this mushroom coffee bulletproof style thing that I make. And uh, I start my day with that. And then I drink a lot of tea, but tea, I joked with my sister about a teepee. It's called a teepee. Like you have to constantly pee when you're drinking tea all day long. <laughs> and uh, if it's caffeinated, obviously that can be a problem because it can get you kind of jacked up and tired at the same time. Um, but even herbal teas can make you like, like just have to pee all day long. And I found that I still enjoy tea 
but just not all day long. I'm sipping just hot water and it doesn't have me running to the bathroom like every 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm no fun on road trips because I'm always drinking tea um, or now hot water. And I'm like, oh, when is the next rest stop? I have to use the bathroom. And everybody rolls their eyes. I'm that person. Um, but I just found it is very hydrating to be just drinking hot water all day long. And I don't, I'm not a person who likes lemon in my water. I've Obviously, I'm a health nut, and I like to explore all the different health nutty things, so I have done that, but it doesn't really appeal to me, and I don't really love it, and come to find out, it's really bad for your teeth to be sipping on uh, lemon water, so uh, yeah, hot water, plain hot water. I dig it. You might not. I'm just sharing it with you in case it's something you want to play around with, and then the other thing I picked up from my little Ayurvedic flirtation um, Ayurveda, if you don't know, is a science of life. It's an Indian science of living, basically. But here in the West, we largely just focus on the the food aspect of it. And I guess the herbalism. There, there are many different practices, oil pulling, different massage techniques and stuff like that. But the other thing is to not snack at all. To only eat three meals a day. And... One of my many health nutty experiments is I've played around with the ketogenic diet, which is absolutely not for me, but I like to try everything. I, and, uh, but what d- does interest me about the, the ketogenic diet is becoming a fat burner instead of a sugar burner. Because if you're a sugar burner, you have to constantly refuel yourself. And even if you think you don't eat a lot of sugar, Many things turn into sugar, milk products, alcohol, all kinds of different starchy carbs. Your body basically interprets them as sugar. And so you're a sugar burner. You're burning sugar for energy. It's kind of like throwing paper on a fire to keep the fire going instead of like a log of wood. If you're a fat burner, it's it's a more sustaining slow burn like burning a a log of wood instead of just throwing fire or paper constantly on the fire uh and so it's a sustained release so I I really liked the idea of that and picked that up from the ketogenic diet as a concept I like but I just don't like being on the ketogenic diet and it didn't feel healthy to me it didn't and it and it wasn't pleasing and I didn't enjoy it Funny enough, my mom is trying it right now because she wants to lose weight. So everybody wish my mother a luck. <laughs> she she like her she usually diets to lose weight. I usually diet just because I'm a health nut and I'm always like, how do I optimize my health and my energy levels? That that really interests me. So uh, I heard Dr. John Doyer talking about eating three meals a day makes you a fat burner. And I was like, what? My, my ears really perked up because I had already broken up with the ketogenic diet. and was like, not for me, but I still really like the idea of being a fat burner. But when you're eating three meals a day, it gives your body time to digest properly. Um, but also then your body is forced to use that meal for fuel before the next meal comes up. And so you it ends up reaching into your fat stores instead of burning sugar all day long. And I'm a big snacker, I, or I used to be. I used to be a long time ago because I got into this in the spring. So summer, fall, 
and now early winter, I have only eaten three meals a day, and I'm perfectly fine. Like, I don't even care. I don't miss it at all. I don't get snacky. I don't crave snacks. It was an adjustment in the beginning, but it was so easy. It was, like, not hard. <laughs> you do have a psychological thing that happens. I have found where you're like, ooh, I just want a snack because it's just a habit. And then you realize how much of a habit it is and how you're like eating when you don't even need to be eating really. And so that's what I do. I, I try to eat my last meal by six o'clock. And then I, there's like a nice long fast between six o'clock and when I eat my first meal because I do my little bulletproof mushroom coffee thing in the morning. Uh, I'm not really eating carbs or sugar or anything like that until about 10 o'clock. So I have a fast every single day, but I assure you, I'm not even a tiny itty witty bitty bit hungry. I'm perfectly happy and loving life. So that those two things are very cool. And then the other thing that I really picked up on this year is the power of anticipation and how... So much of the joy in going on a vacation or a trip, like Tanner and I went to the Wizarding World this year. My friend Amber and I went to Santa Barbara to see Elizabeth Gilbert speak on her big magic tour. Uh, what else? Tanner and I went on a trip to Cambria. We went to Boston and Salem, a big, big trip for our birthday. And I started really seeing myself and seeing like so much of the fun is in the anticipation. And the longer you can draw that out and the more into it you can get, like, because we eat a gluten-free, dairy-free diet, like going to Boston and Salem, I was like researching all of the restaurants and I was having a blast. I would create like these Pinterest boards of all the different shops we want to go to, the restaurants we want to eat at, the sites we want to see. And I realized when it was all over that that's so much of the pleasure and the joy in all of it. Same with the Harry Potter uh, going to the Wizarding World. It was that. It was... Uh, Oh, something just popped into my head that I have to tell you. Anyway, it was the power of anticipation that I realized is like, ooh, that's something I can harness and carry with me for the rest of my life. And really, 2018, my word of the year is joy. I want to have a joyful queendom. So I'm going to look for things to anticipate. I'm going to anticipate things to anticipate. And then I'm going to savor and revel in the anticipation because I realize there's so much joy in that. Not that the thing, the vacation, the trip to the wizarding world, whatever it is, not that, that that's not enjoyable, but it's almost like the frosting on the cake and that the real cake is the anticipation. So I really, really enjoy that. The thing that just popped into my head that I have to tell you is I think in January I'm going to be interviewing, what is it called? Is it a wand master from the wizarding world? <laughs> one of the wand masters like that 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 matches the wizard with the wand is coming on the podcast to talk about what it's like to work at the wizarding world and to be a wand master and I'm so excited about it my head is going to explode isn't that cool <laughs> that's because of the magic of twitter twitter if it wasn't for twitter i would not know what an unkindness of ravens I wouldn't know what that is. And if it wasn't for Twitter, we would not have it be having a wand master come on the podcast in January. <laughs> so 
I love it. I love Twitter. I think I'm saying that right. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Is it a wand master? Y'all can correct me, right? And the other thing that I have found in 2017 that I highly recommend if you have Amazon Prime, I've been loving this show so much and I'm drawing it out. I see that it got a season two, which I'm very excited about, but I'm not ready to be done with season one. I still have a few more episodes left. It is the marvelous Mrs. Mizell. It's so good. It's so quirky and different and unique and engaging. Uh, the first episode, I think, might, for a certain kind of person, be a little bit off-putting. Like, you might not... Uh, getting into the rhythm of the way this woman talks and stuff. She talks very, very fast, and it's very, like, snappy dialogue. And, uh, I don't know, it has a strange vibe to it, but you start getting into it. And it takes place kind of at the beginning of Mad Men. Uh, that era, like late 50s going to the 60s, where the women are all like wearing the matching hats and gloves and outfits. And, you know, you're born to be somebody's wife. <laughs> and uh, it starts out with her being a housewife. And I, I won't give any spoilers, but she goes on to pursue a career as a comedian in 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 the... Uh, what what's the word for it? I want to say a nightclub, but you know, like in the scuzzy nightclub scene of New York. And it's fascinating. It's so fun. It's fresh. That's the word I want to use. It's fresh. And I've been watching it in the bathtub. <laughs> so I take like an hour long bath. I pour in my mineral salts and it's like scalding. I like a scalding hot bath. And then I sit there watching the marvelous Mrs. Mizell and I love it so much. Maybe the best show of 2017, but I don't really feel like I'm entitled to say that because I don't watch a lot of TV. Uh, so, like, I've never seen Glee. I've never seen Stranger Things. I've never seen Black Mirror. I know these are all very popular shows, and I intend to get around to them, but the mood and the moment has to be right. So I will say season two of Master of None was epic. And that that, that was a TV highlight of this year. <laughs> so if you have Netflix and you haven't seen Master of None, why? It's so good, especially season two. Um, so yeah, here I am talking. I was said I wasn't going to go through like the highlights of my year, but I sort of kind of am. But also as recommendations, things you might want to look into. And then one other thing that this is part of my work with Saturn that is kicking my butt and showing me a major weakness in my life. Uh, I have, I have dental issues I need to have fixed that are longstanding structural issues and my spine. I have a lot of pain, chronic pain. I've talked about it, blah, 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 blah. That's not the point of mentioning it here. And other than to say in working with Saturn, I'm going to be concentrating on literally the structures of my body, remineralizing my, my, my skeleton, <laughs> and and working on healing my my spine and my my teeth and uh all of that and i started thinking about my posture it's been noted on that i have bad posture which is crazy cuz i used to be a dancer and a choreographer 
I taught dance to little kids at one point in my life, and it seems like a million lifetimes ago now. But, you know, a dancer is supposed to have beautiful posture. But I am a person who has really shitty posture. And I know I'm just a product of the Internet age, partially. We're all, like, hunched over our computers. But also, I, I, I started hunching when I was very young to hide my boobs. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of women can relate to this, but there's just a way you can stand so people don't stare at your boobs. And that became a lifestyle for me. That became my posture. And then I also kind of jut my head forward. So my head is not like straight up on my spine as it should be. It's like forward a little bit, too forward. And uh, so I'm like, yeah, I should probably work on that. And I and I kind of once I said I was going to be working on my on my back and and my spine in terms of working with Saturn while Saturn is in Capricorn, that that's going to be a mission of mine. I just had this nagging voice in the back of my head about posture, posture, posture. And then one day my mom, my Aunt Bonnie and one of their friends, this woman named Sally, we all went looking in Pasadena, they had like this ho this holiday house tour thing where we walked through these mansions to look at the mansions <laughs> and their holiday decor. And there's like harp players and floral arrangements. And it was a, you know, it was a fun thing to do. But at one point, a woman walked by and this Sally, friend of my mom and my aunt, said, oh, my gosh, she has such beautiful posture. And my my aunt, my mom laughed like, who says that? Like, who call who says she has good posture? <laughs> it's like not a compliment. And Sally was like, but look, she does. And it totally registered with me. I was like, I need to work on my posture. Like the voice in the back of my head all of a sudden was at the forefront of my mind. Because the lady did have good posture, and she was an older woman, but it made her look much younger, and she was able to wear a really pretty dress, and I was like, yeah. So I, my mission is I'm going to work on it until a stranger compliments me on my posture. But here's the funny thing about this. It's so hard. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever tried to change your posture? First of all, it feels totally alien and foreign to me, even if I'm just trying it out in my home. And I can't sustain it very long. Like the muscles, my muscles don't move that way. And so I actually, I get tired and give up. Um, but when I've tried it walking out and about, I feel like I look like, I feel like it looks phony and fake. And like, I'm just this weird character. It just feels so goofy and odd. But then if I catch myself, my reflection in a shop window when I'm walking by, I look totally normal. Like, oh, <laughs> that's what I'm supposed to look like. But it just feels so foreign. And the funniest thing that happened was on, on Christmas morning, we were driving to Bakersfield to have Christmas with my family. And I'm like, I'm going to sit up straight in my chair with my shoulders back against the back of the chair, how I'm supposed to sit with my neck up and my head straight. And so I sat like that. And then the rear view mirror it was such a dramatic difference because my rear view mirror is oriented for my usual slouchy self. And when I sat up straight, the rear view mirror was pointed at the ground. Like all I could see was the gravel behind me. And I had to adjust it 
a few inches up to be able to see out the back of my window because it was that dramatic of a difference. (laughs) And I was like, holy cow. So I think I'm really in for it because I, it, I've been working on this for a few weeks and I don't feel anywhere close to being 1% better than I was three weeks ago. (laughs) It's it's definitely going to be an effort and definitely something I'm going to have to make a conscious effort to do. There's one posture exercise I've been doing that I learned from Betty Rocker. But if you know any cool programs or anything like that, let me know because I'm going to be working on my posture in 2018. Uh, yeah, it's just a strange, it's really, that's just really surprised me. Um, and then another interesting thing that happened this week is there's this theme of vulnerability and not taking things personally that came up in one of those ways. You know, if you pay attention to your life that, you know, you'll just have a theme kind of for the week. And the theme for the week seemed to be vulnerability. And it started on uh, Saturday. I had a coaching client. uh, We were talking about people who make videos. Myself, she mentioned Kellyanne. And she was just saying like how, what a, what a vulnerable thing to do to like put yourself out there on video. And like, you guys seem so confident, like you never feel vulnerable. And I was like, are you kidding me? I have a vulnerability hangover after every podcast, after every video or, or right before you like, I feel it every time I just do it anyway. Sometimes more than others, I will say like, if I have a podcast where I end up crying and I don't want to cry, I never want to cry just to let you know, I'm just a crier. I'm like the Kathy Lee Gifford, Griffin, what's her name? Kathy Lee Gifford of podcasting, which is mortifying to me. Like, it's just like, why am I doing this? I go, I don't know. Uh, if I, or if I just feel like it was a TMI episode, like, or I just shared something that maybe I shouldn't share with the public, I'll definitely feel very, very vulnerable afterward. Uh, so it was, we just had that conversation and I was saying, yeah, making videos, or doing a podcast, you just have to kind of get used to that. Like being vulnerable is part of it. You are vulnerable. You're talking to a bunch of strangers, you know, and uh, opening up. That's a vulnerable thing to do. And then I think the next morning or a day later, I can't remember, uh, I posted a vlog and a long vlog. (laughs) And when I'm not a big stat watcher on anything, I don't, pay a lot of attention, but I pop in every once in a while just to get a feel of the trends. And I looked at the stats for that video not too long after I posted it. I don't remember, like by the end of the day or something. And it had like three times the usual views that my my videos normally get, but hardly any comments, hardly any likes, which I'm not used to at all. And then three thumbs down like so right away I got three thumbs down but like all these plays and hardly any likes and I was like what is that what did I do first of all like where did all these people come from and secondly like what did I say that was offensive uh I had in my mind it was either one of two things that either somebody shared the video with a group of strangers and those strangers got there and was like who is this crazy lady and just gave me a thumbs down which does not bother me at all <laughs> that's fine um but my other thought was did I say something offensive 
that like my tribe does not like and I don't know. It's happened before, for sure. I've definitely put my foot in my mouth or done something offensive and, and not been aware of it. And so it was kind of bugging me. I was like, what is it? Like, I don't, I kept thinking about it. So finally, I went into the Facebook group. Talk about vulnerability. Holy smokes. I felt like a dork for doing this, but I just had to know, like, why? What is happening? So I went into uh, the Facebook group for the Psycho Spiritual Wheel of the Year, and I told them, and I'm like, have any of you seen that video? Did I say something offensive? Like, what do you think it is? And they're like, no, no, I saw it. It was fine. It was a great video. What are you talking about? Um, there were some comments like, because it was at Christmas time, right before Christmas, was like, no, I was just busy wrapping presents and I just forgot to give you a thumbs up or whatever. Uh, and someone, Jess, shout out to Jess, posted the four agreements like in a comment. And I was like, ah, don't take things personally. Aha, note taken. Yes. <laughs> I will say for the record, my feelings were not hurt. I was just like, this, it was a strange phenomenon. It was it was definitely unusual. Like those numbers didn't add up. And I, I, I was like, what is going on? And I definitely don't want to inadvertently be offensive. Like, that's certainly not what I want to do. I want to make people feel good. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, my tribe, my core people say it's not offensive, so I can move on. And then someone posted a comment saying, it's not very cool that you're you're you posted queens of the stone age uh to the intro because i i love the song uh oh i'm forgetting it my my god is the sun i love that queens of the stone age song i've already used it in a vlog before because i really really like it um but you know christmas was coming up and i and I was I liked the funny play of words that my God is the sun right at Christmas time and I wanted a little rock and roll moment for the intro so I, I put that there and apparently Josh Homie Josh Homie the lead singer to Queens of the Stone Age had kicked a photographer's camera and it smashed into her face and gave her a black eye and this was a thing that had happened like in the last week or two or something and it just went by me but apparently this person thought it was not cool that I used that song in my video <laughs> and I was like oh maybe what that's what all those thumbs down were about and you know what I didn't feel bad about it because I wasn't trying to make a political statement about like yeah let's all kick photographers in the face like <laughs> I was just liking the song and thought it fit the moment and so I wasn't intentionally being offensive at all. And I didn't even know that that incident had happened. So, um, and it was very enlightening and a relief to know that, okay, so this is on Josh Homme. It's not on me. <laughs> he was a jerk and I, I feel good about that. Uh, but then this is the worst one of the bunch of the vulnerability thread. And I, I hesitate to share with you, but in the name of vulnerability, I will. And it's another Kathy Lee Grifford. Grifford why can't I say her name all of a sudden? Kathy Lee Gifford. It's another Kathy Lee Gifford moment. Uh, people love to hate on her, but she would always like cry. What did she do with Regis? Kathy Lee and Regis. They had some morning show <laughs> back in the day. Um and I feel like such a dork for crying all the time. But at Christmas, on Christmas, I bought my nephew 
a present that I was very, very excited about. Everybody on that side of my family is super sporty and they're all about soccer, 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 everything. My sister's a soccer coach. They also run and do marathons and stuff, but soccer's a big deal. They all go to like a jillion soccer games a week. Every I feel like every time I call them, they're at a soccer game. And I hated that growing up because I was like, foofy dancer, gymnast girl, being drugged to all these soccer games and not caring at all about soccer, but always forced to go to soccer games. And now it's like followed me into adulthood because both my nephews play soccer. My sister coaches soccer and it's just soccer, soccer, soccer all the time. But one of my nephews in the last year really got into making YouTube videos and he is in junior high school. And so he's just getting started. It's really cute. He's very excited about it. Um, you know, it's like, I have 60 subscribers or whatever, you know, like every little milestone's a big deal and super fun. And, and it's fun to watch him. And I feel really proud of him that he's decided to do this. But also, I'm thrilled that we have something in common. Like, yes, someone in my family that we have something in common. So for Christmas, I bought him a t-shirt with the YouTube logo, logo on it. And I bought him a workbook for growing your YouTube. It's for kids. It's a workbook for kids for growing your YouTube channel and different ideas for making YouTube videos and stuff. And I could not wait to give it to him. I was so excited and I wanted to tell him, I'm so proud of you and I'm so excited we have this in common. But when he opened the present in front of everybody, he did this thing that teenagers and I guess pre-teenagers uh, do because he's not even a teenager yet. <laughs> he's a preteen um, where he like rolled his eyes in a way that clearly said, what an idiot. Oh, my God. I can't believe you got me this for Christmas. And then he kept doing it. He did it several times. And I was like, holy crap, I'm going to cry. I can't believe I'm going to let a junior high age kid hurt my feelings and make me cry. And I like walked out of the room really fast into the pantry, which is not a big luxurious pantry. It's a closet. <laughs> I basically walked into a closet, into a closet, like right off the living room where everybody was, which was very obvious. Like, I think everybody knew what was happening. And I like, because I just knew I was going to start crying and I did. And then I sat there like fanning myself and trying to make myself not cry and uh, it was so, I felt so silly. Like I knew in the moment, this is silly. This should not be hurting my feelings, but it is. And, um, and then later on, my stepdad said, you really shouldn't take it personally. That's, you know, that's just him. That's just a phase he's going through. But the, it was the sentence, you really shouldn't take that personally, that echoed back to just sharing the four agreements and one of the main four one of the four, four agreements is don't take anything personally. <laughs> and so it made me laugh. And that was the end of the vulnerability week. That I had three moments. Things tend to come in threes with me, I have found. And now I've found that I'm talking too late to get this up at six o'clock because it's 543. So I want to wrap this up. But I have to tell you one more cool thing that happened this week. And that is... A little witchy party that I had with my friends, Marla, Eric, and Amber. The four of us, uh, we dressed up in our witchy finest. 
that there was a little dress code, like dress in your witchy finery. And we just sat around like sharing tarot cards and chit chatting and listening to records because I got a I got a record player for myself for Christmas. So we were listening to old vinyl records and we did this thing that is so cool that I highly recommend if you don't have a New Year spell, if you want to do a New Year candle spell, you could do this with like a cupcake or a whole cake. Uh, it's so simple. It's so easy. But I, I made this lavender cake with vanilla frosting, all gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free, nut-free, free of everything, <laughs> uh, but really tasty. It's a lavender cake with vanilla frosting, and then it had these little edible gold stars on it. And I had each person pick a candle, and then we each, using our candle, set an intention for the year ahead before sticking the candle in the cake. And then, you know, we went around in the circle just saying whatever, our intention for the year ahead, a little prayer, just a little word, something in the dark with just the candles glowing. And then we all blew out the candles at the same time. And it was, I like simple, childish magic I have found. Like the simpler, the better. It still felt very special, very profound, very magical. Just being in the dark with my friends with just the little candle lights, just the little like birthday candles. That's what they were. And just the little candle, the, the glow from the candles. It was so sweet. I highly recommend trying that. Uh, a friend on Instagram said she was going to do it with her five-year-old. She has two five-year-olds. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> like, what a fun thing to do with your kids to set the intention for the new year. So you can have that if you want. You can borrow it. Let me know how it goes if you try it, because I think it's such a fun, sweet thing to do. So this is the last time I will ever speak to you in 2017. I will talk to you next year. Happy New Year. I hope you have the most magical year of your life. Until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.